Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside Matt Story. I'm going on a weird camping trip thing this weekend, but before that, we have a very important thing to solve, Matt. What jersey are yes. you going to buy? Now, well. to, to give, the, to give okay. the audience some background, you have a large collection of football jerseys. I do, I do. Not the largest I've ever seen, but yeah, I have a, a decent amount from a wide variety of teams. And so the question came up today when we were texting with each other before we started recording about what jersey to get because the Browns assigned Zane Gonzalez a jersey number. He got number five. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so I texted you and said, well, I think we know what jersey you need to buy. And you right. said, actually... And you had a different answer. What jersey were you uh, yeah, contemplating? It was, it, it was Deshaun Watson, who I already have a, uh, a Clemson jersey of. And so, you know, they assigned him a number. I got the email this morning from Fanatics, to, you know, buy your draft gear. And a lot of them still have the number one. But he's got a number. So I'm thinking, hey, maybe I'll, I'll go for Deshaun Watson. Why not? So we're really down to two options, as I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that's the way you see it. I'm not sure I see it the same way. I mean, you you do like to double up your, your player jerseys when you can with college and pro. I do. There's there's a few that I've got uh, doubles of, and they, they're they're an exclusive list. So if I do get a pro jersey of his, it, it joins a pretty small list. Yeah, the symmetry is there. Now, you didn't love him the way you love Jameis. I, I didn't get no, a text no. every time he scored. So Well, no. I mean, just Jameis level, ha- you know, look, you, you can have that level every year or else it becomes kind of phony. Uh, you know, Jameis is a is a once-in-a-decade a type of guy for me. Uh, everything was perfect. I followed his recruiting. He went to Florida State, which is one of my favorite teams, um, uh, you know, and, and – uh, I made the bold pick in 2013 of picking him to win the Heisman before he had played a single game. And he, he won the Heisman and he won the national title. And so, yeah, Jameis, is, that was a no-doubter. Jameis was more when he got drafted, regardless of where it went, uh, I was ordering that jersey and it didn't matter. Watson, level below. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I won it. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I believe I'm not going out on a limb here when I say you don't have a kicker jersey in your collection yet. I do not. I do not. And I only have one former ASU player, and that jersey was one that I got cheap when he was no longer with the team, and that's Brock Osweiler from the Broncos. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I'm going to have to be talked to this. i got to tell you. I mean, look, I've got a Demarius Randall jersey Right. He's playing on the team I like. Now, you right. aren't a Browns fan. No. But I feel like and you could... let me illustrate one big difference for you. Demarius Randall, what round was he drafted in? He was taken in the first. That is correct. So you felt pretty good he's going to be there for, worst case, two to three years. I mean, that's if he's a disastrous bust. They're going to give him at least two years before moving on from him. Seventh round pick. He might not be on the roster come, you know, September 10th. I think he will be, but $100 is a lot of money to spend on a guy who I'm not sure if he's ever going to be against the team. Yeah, although, I mean, then it's kind of like having a Wiggins Cavs jersey or a Durant Sonics well, jersey even, where it's, 
It's a, <laughs> well, it's a yeah, mo- which I have. Yeah. My dad, a Durant Sonics jersey. Um, but he did play there one year. So that, you know, and Durant is Durant. And, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. You're talking I mean, about like, 2017 Groza Award winners, Ingenzo. I know. I know. And, and let's say this. If he makes the team, wins the job, and has a really good rookie season where he, you know, looks like he's, uh, you know, going to be a, a perennial guy there, then maybe I could be talked into it. But I get some evidence first. All right. I mean, I think that we're going to just have to explore this th- further as the season goes on. But yeah, I, yeah. If yeah. Zane let's, wins the job, the I'm bringing this back up. <laughs> okay, okay, and uh, I'm happy to bring it back up if he does because that would mean he he won the job, he made the team. I, again, I think he will. Um, but you know, it it takes me a while on skies to purchase a jersey. Jake wasn't an exception. Like I said, I, I you know, I uh, I like Mariota, for example. I still don't have a Mariota jersey because. Yeah, I want to kind of see if he can, you know, establish himself a little bit more. And, and you know, I want to make sure if I'm going to buy a Titans jersey, he's going to be there for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough jersey talk for me. But I that's feel my like, rationale. Yeah. I, I feel like we've gotten some, clo- you know, not closure necessarily, but we've made some progress on this issue. Yes. Yes. Um, one type of jersey that I don't know if you have is a hockey jersey, but... I do not, no. But I want to do something that we haven't really done, and that's talk about the NHL playoffs. Okay. I'm in awe of it, like, at its most basic, because I don't know how to skate, so I think all of it's amazing. But is it weird that more than any other sport or activity, I go from zero to in on the NHL for the playoffs like no other? Like I don't oh, watch any regular all. season games, but when there's when there's playoff hockey, I'm I'm in. I'm watching. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are that way. Uh, you know the uh, you know drama of of the hockey and the playoffs. You know, I'm more of a basketball fan than a hockey fan. There's no doubt about it. But most hockey games have late game drama, and a lot of basketball playoff games don't. Last night we got one that did with the you know Celtics and the Wizards. Um, but you know, a one goal game, the third period of a hockey playoff game, or certainly, you know, a tie game, a game in overtime, um, you know, you build the drama and you know, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I watch uh, a little bit hockey here or there during the season, but nothing much. And, and come playoff time, I pay more attention to it. I liken it to my watching of the world cup or other soccer yeah. or, because yeah. I, if there if it's a weekend morning and I got nothing going on, I, I might put it on in the background for an for an hour or something. But I'm not really yeah, interested. No, I, you know. And then the World Cup's on, I'm, and it's I'm, like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, I think I think with sports, if you're really into the sport, and I, I think for you and I, it's primarily you know football, basketball, baseball are the sports that we we really like. I would I would throw golf in there for myself. Um, but for other sports, you know, having something on the line makes all the difference in the world. Uh, you know, the, the more drama, the more consequences that the result has, you know, it, it matters more. I mean, I, I, for example, have watched, um, you know, the Wimbledon final on a July morning. You know, I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, the Miami Beach Open. But when it's Wimbledon and it's, you know, Nadal against uh, Djokovic, I might watch because it, that matters historically. I, I think that 
probably the same general idea behind why we watch playoff hockey. Yeah, I, I you know, I just it occurred to me that I was watching it and found myself one super invested in the Penguins because I said they would win, and right. and two just generally invested in all of it because you know it it's on and it's the playoffs. Oh sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I've I've been uh, paying attention to it as well. Uh, you know, um, so yeah, I I definitely understand and and you know feel the same way. And again, you know, playoff hockey, uh, the drama that you get, you know, where it just feels like every second decides the game. And you know, especially if you have a close game in the third period or overtime, you know, it's it's great. I mean, and, and overtime playoff hockey is the best because you might be watching it for thirty seconds. You might be watching for, you know, two and a half hours. You never know. Yeah. So let, let's pivot and talk NBA. Okay. The Raptors have no answers for the Cavaliers. Not right now, no. Now, I, I do remember last year's series kind of started this very same way. And, and from what I see, at least the Cavs are, are in control tonight in game two. Um, but then the Raptors came back and, and won game three and four at home and um, you know, the, the Cavs have been very inconsistent lately. Now, they, they did sweep the Pacers, albeit it was a challenge every single game. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I still think the Raptors will push back a little. Uh, do I think that, you know, they can win this series? I think I think not. And I probably wouldn't have thought so even if they'd taken one of these first two. The fact that LeBron could sit on the bench and pick up a beer from a beer vendor in game one, and then there's still pushing a 30-point victory in Game 2. Yeah, yeah. Sit on the bench, he did that mid-game. He missed the layup, and he went and, you know, I mean, it was perfect timing. But, uh, yeah, I wondered if that would, you know, you never know people to take offense to, and I wondered if, you know, if the Raptors won tonight, for example, you'd hear, you know, well, they weren't even taking us seriously. Guys just have a little fun, but you know how people like to be offended at things. So, um, but apparently it hasn't fired them up yet because uh, – they they certainly look like they're going to take another beating tonight. Looks uh, the last I saw, they were down twenty some in the fourth. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting close to wow. thirty. It's even uh, more now. I see. Yeah, twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to yeah, go ahead and that assume one, that one looks in hand. We're going to leave all this in, but we could just we'll pretend like we saw them win. So they're up two zero. They appear to yeah. have the series in hand. The second game yeah. tonight, which you know we're getting this in so that you can have your fit watching the game after we're all done is the, yes. the Spurs and the Rockets. Now, I am curious about this as your friend because I think the answer is you're rooting for the Spurs, but you still love James Harden. Uh, Absolutely. So how do you feel after game one? And Well, I mean, it's it's hard to feel great given, you know, what happened game one. It was a it was a beating. Uh, and it just, you know, it was one of those that like, you know, every, every time you thought, well, you know, okay, maybe you cut this down and it'd be, you know, be 15 and then it'd be 18 and then it'd be 22 and then it'd be 26 and, um, they could never get a run going. Uh, but I am, I am heartened only by the fact that it was kind of the reverse of what happened to the Spurs last year in the second round. They blew out Oklahoma City in game one and we heard the same discussion, uh, you know, boy, they just had their number and. How can Oklahoma City win this series? Well, they, they won four of the next five and won the series and almost you know went on to beat the Warriors in the next round. So uh, game one is not often 
predictive of what happens the rest of the way. We'll see. You know, I mean, uh, certainly look like there's some flaws there, but lots of times we look back at game one and think, boy, you know, didn't look like the rest of the series. Look at look at Bulls Celtics. You know, we were writing the obituary for the Celtics not too long ago. Now they've won six in a row, and, and you know, they're, they're halfway to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I mean, the, the Celtics and what they've done after starting down 0-2 and, and the stuff Isaiah Thomas has had to deal with with his sister yeah. passing away and having to fly back and forth across the country a number of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think about the Celtics especially because, you know, on, in this world we have now of day-to-day sports talk and analysis, uh, you know, how much did you – I heard a ton of it, you know, boy, yeah. You know, you can't win with a, your best player being 5-9, and Brad Stevens isn't really a playoff coach, and, you know, boy, the Bulls look like, I mean, you know, you heard all these grand statements, and now we're sitting here two weeks later, and they've won four in a row against Bulls, they've won the first two against the Wizards, and you're not know, hearing any of that stuff now. Now people are, you know, thinking, well, boy, they might get the number one pick, and, and you know, they're they're on their way to, you know, championships, maybe, you know, because of this core like uh, two weeks ago, we were breaking this team down. They didn't have enough. They couldn't win in the postseason, blah, blah, blah. It's really amazing. And it's funny because everyone had this great line about the Celtics was, oh, we are uh, looking at a team that plays 100% of the time, all the time in the regular season, which makes yeah. them a great regular season team. And it's why Brad Stevens is the greatest coach in the history of coaching of any sport. <laughs> who's never won a title. Yeah, um, right. But that was the thing that – but they had no next gear for the playoffs. And right. that's why the Bulls right. were up 2-0 and the Bulls, even as an eight seed, are going to run them. And like you said, now here we are and they've ran off six straight wins. And all of a yeah. sudden, they, do they have another gear? Is their regular right. season gear just good enough to beat these teams? What, what am I supposed right. to take away, right. talking heads? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know this is the this thing is the danger of of you know having like I said everyday sports analysis and you know I, I mean I watch it I, I try not to get too consumed by it as some people do um, you know I, I I watch PTI I watch the Levitard show uh, you know and I watch some Dan Patrick I you know some shows I just can't take because they they do just go so far into the you know and I'm sure you go back and watch, you know, videos of some of these shows that they were just crushing these guys. But even on the shows I like that are a little bit more moderate, they were doing the same thing. You know, I mean, I heard all these things I said. Well, you can't win with Isaiah Thomas as your best player. And, and, you know, where's the rest of this team? And why didn't they make a trade at the deadline for Jimmy Butler or Paul George, who are both sitting home right now, um, one of whom done by the Celtics. So, yeah, it's just funny how, you know, now things have changed – to the point where now, you know, boy, this team could, you know, give the Cavs a run, and, and they probably can, um, you know, but just the, the swings of momentum that we get from day to day, especially in the postseason, you know, like I said, Spurs-Rockets, if the Spurs go out tonight and win by 15, you know, then you'll start, well, the Rockets, they can't keep up, uh, they only win if they shoot threes, and you can't win a seven-game series shooting that many threes, you know, you know all the points, you've heard them too. Yeah, it's really amazing how quickly i mean you have to have the attention span of a goldfish 
to watch sports <laughs> commentary these yeah. days because yeah. you ha- yeah. you have yeah. to be willing to forget it as soon as a new fact enters that people ignored the possibility of that ever happening. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know there's, uh, you know, it's it's done for for Twitter and not so much from the shows I'm talking about, but you know, there's a Twitter account that I've become fond of looking at. About, I think it's old takes exposed, and it's you know they constantly point out. Uh, like they did during the Super Bowl and the you know football national championship game and you know all these people who tweet out you know oh Clemson looks like they're outclassed by Alabama oh the Patriots are done for you know and I I, I like the fact that people highlight that because so much time now it seems like there's no consequence you say these things and you're wrong and then the next day you're still an expert like you know let's let's hold people accountable at least for the things they say I prefer to just say whatever I'm thinking in the moment and assume that no one will ever call me on it. Well, uh, and, and, you know, look, for people like me and you, that's fine. You know, let's let's be honest. We're, you know, we're we're low level. We're fans. I mean, I wish fans wouldn't do it, but it's, it's the people who we count as experts or insiders or analysts. Those are the ones that bother me the most because they're the agenda setters. They really are. You know, I mean, and, and people listen to them and and I guarantee it, you know, at workplaces two weeks ago, you had people around the, you know, the water cooler, if that still exists, people actually hang out around a water cooler, saying, you know, well, you know, Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, you can't win the postseason with a guy like Isaiah Thomas. Well, looks like you are now. Uh, I mean, you know, are they winning a title? I don't know, but they've won a series and they're halfway to another one. Yeah. So what do you think about the Warriors in the post-Steve Kerr era? That we well, in. yeah, I mean, again, I, I think we talked about this one of the last times. I, I don't think the test for them really start until the conference final. You know, Utah's a, it's a good story. It's a team that, you know, may be ahead of the curve and what people expected as far as where they're at to win 50 games, get to the second round uh, after, I think, missing the playoffs last year. Um, you know, so nice story, but probably not on the level to really compete in that series. Um you know, I, I would like to think Houston or San Antonio could, and, and certainly I think, you know, potentially Cleveland or Boston. Um, I don't want to discount Boston because they have beaten Golden State in Oakland each of the last two years. Many teams can say that. So, you know, they do match up well with them with how they play. Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll get tested more, but right now I, I feel like we're kind of just, you know, going through the motions. Um, I didn't watch much of that game last night because it just didn't didn't really pull me in and I, that'll probably be the way it is this whole series unless you know Utah gets a couple wins and then I might start paying attention now you made an interesting comment about how Utah is you know close further than people expected you know ahead of the curve yeah but at the same time they're staring down the barrel of a potentially awkward offseason with Gordon Hayward right right yeah I mean you know that'll that'll be interesting, obviously, and I know some of some of that. I think uh, you know it's the same same situation, I believe, as Paul George. You know, it depends on all NBA teams and things like that as far as how much money he can make. I don't know all the machinations with that, but I've I've read you know the are astounding for guys like him. You know, if they make all NBA third team or don't, uh, you know, they can make so much more money from the team they're with. So. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, he's been a, a you know a key piece of this building up. Um, you know, they've built a nice young core there. They have a, a head coach who's had quite the path. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember you know many moons ago he was the young hotshot head coach of Missouri. Things went really bad there, 
he kind of, you know, disappeared from the radar for a long time and, and has resurrected career. It's kind of a cool story. Uh, so, so they'll be, they'll be fun to, to see what happens from here. Yeah. I mean, the one thing to watch with Hayward this off season, and, and I know, uh, Bill Simmons has talked about it. The CBS uh, basketball mm-hmm. guys have talked about it. Is it depends also what kind of memory he has because it's going to be tough for Utah to argue the loyalty card to him when mm-hmm. they were the ones who made him go out and get his max offer. Right uh, from the Bobcats, I believe. The, the, yeah. the Bobcats at the time, I think. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know that that will be interesting and and. You know, he's a very good player, but, you know, as with a lot of these guys, and I think he fits that category, same as Paul George, is he very good or is he great? You know, do you want to pay top dollar for a guy who maybe his peak is very good? Uh, that's, that's a question they're going to have to answer. That's true, but also remember on the flip side, and this is one of the things, if you are going to argue against a salary cap in general, which I am mm-hmm. not, but, but the story would go, consider the fact that, uh, LeBron and Steph Curry and all of these guys, you know, any sure. any of the great greats will always be maxed out under the curve right. of what they right. could earn on a free market. No, you're right. You're right. No, no, no question. I mean, people have made that case that you know LeBron could could get fifty million a year if it was a you know free market basically, um, and he probably could. You know, I mean, that's what we have in baseball and the numbers here for Bryce Harper are already astronomical, you know, 400 million, 500 million, you know, who knows? Um, I'm excited uh, when Mike yeah. Trout gets a billion dollars. He might. Yeah. I mean, somebody, you know, it always, you know, it was Alex Rodriguez who was the guy who really pushed it to the moon. Uh, you know, back when we were in high school, he got that, you know, what was two fit $250 million deal, which at that time was just ridiculous. Um, and you know, and people catch up and it looks like Harper and Trout will be the, the market setters going forward pretty soon here. But, but yeah, I mean, basketball's uh, different, obviously, because you're right. I mean, you know, LeBron and, and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, they're, you know, they're limited on what they can earn from their teams. And so you end up with a, with a league where LeBron James is making the same money as Gordon Hayward. And I think everyone would tell you LeBron James is a better player. And that's not Gordon Hayward or Paul George or Jimmy Butler. I mean, these are all very good players, but boy, you know, would I, would I want to spend $20 million on them or LeBron? LeBron every time. Yeah. Well, the Raptors have cut the lead to 23. I'm still going to leave in everything we said before. Um, yeah, I think we're safe. It's, there's five minutes to go. I know the Cavs have, have specialized in blowing fourth-quarter leads over the second half of the year, but I, I think they'll hang on to that one. Yeah, even I can't be swayed into thinking that this one's actually going to come back to no. bite them. If it was 15 or less, I'd be still a little nervous. But 23 with five minutes feels like a, a decent cushion. Plus, if that uh, last game of the raptors Bucks series tells you anything, it's that the Raptors don't really score in the fourth quarter. So. True, true. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it uh, it's getting more interesting, obviously, now. I still think the Wizards have a have a, a you know a chance in that series despite being down 2-0 I'm not I'm not writing that one off just yet um you know and and Houston San Antonio I kind of want to see what happens tonight I mean if Houston goes out and wins again you know now again you can point to Chicago Boston say well it's not over at just because the home team loses the first two but certainly it would be you know big trouble scenario for the Spurs well I mean the scary thing also and it's not shocking but if Houston's able to shoot like this Right. On the road, I mean, 
their splits this year, home and road, are not close. It's they're much right. better shooting team right. at home. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. you always expect, you know, uh, just from familiarity, and also your role players always tend to play better at home. You know, you, you generally get better production from your guys off the bench, and you know, at home, it just you know the way it is. Why? I, I don't know if there's a scientific reason, but it's just proven over the years. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we just saw it. We saw a team lose the first two, and it buried, and then they came back and won. Um, you know, part of that, I think, was the Rondo injury uh, that, that swung that series. But, you know, and that's the thing. Who knows? I mean, what if they win tonight, and, and what if, you know, Brian Anderson or Eric Gordon or Lou Williams or somebody like that, not, not even mentioning James Harden, you know, somebody significant to what they do gets hurt can change things so fast. Yeah. But I don't know. As an ASU fan and an ASU homer, I hope James Harden just keeps playing great. Um, sure. I mean, look, I, I, you know, I'm a big James Harden guy. I think he should win the MVP. Unfortunately, I think the, the PR push at the end of the year behind Westbrook is going to swing the vote. Um, just felt like the, the tide shifted in the last maybe two to three weeks of the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love James Harden, and, and should they win this series, I'll be 100% behind them in the conference finals and – you know, if they would make the NBA Finals, it'd be great to see. Uh, you know, he's had a, a – we've talked about this, you know, at different times, the, the you know, decorated uh, career he's had already. And, you know, an NBA championship would be the, uh, the final piece of the puzzle, really. Absolutely. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on with you was the ongoing Red Sox-Orioles feud. And I, I don't want to get into really the uh, right. the racist – taunting right. from Red Sox fans. I think everyone's on the same right. page that that's inappropriate in any situation, yeah. ball field, life, whatever. But sure. but on just the unwritten rules of baseball being sort of pushed to their logical extremes, uh, every time, once a game, Machado comes up and they throw at him because he came in, yeah. spikes up on Pedroia, which you're not supposed yeah. to do, which, you know, I think Pedro Martinez said it, Right, which is other than you know, everyone did something slightly wrong on that first game, and now it's yeah. kind of lingered because of it. Like Machado shouldn't have come in spikes up, and he knew that. And the guy yeah. who threw at him and missed shouldn't have missed, um, right. and shouldn't have thrown right. high. You hit that, you hit him in you know, right. in the right. butt or the small of the yeah. back, and then yeah. we're done and we move on. Yeah, and you know, yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean. I don't know. Sometimes I find myself exasperated by the baseball culture, and hockey's very similar. Um, you know, I, I listened to Mike Wilbon today, and he talked about you know how this kind of stuff should go the way of hockey fighting, which we see a lot of. We don't see as much of the goonery or the fighting that we used to see in the NHL. Um, I wouldn't be upset with that if we saw less of this. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know how you go about changing people's mindsets and culture of growing up in the sport, and this mentality, it's hard to do. Um, but, you know, sometimes it just, you know, it feels like, you know, stop acting so childish and just go play the game. Uh, now there were people who would disagree and maybe you're one, you, you might, you might be listening to me right now thinking you're totally way off base and this is the way the game should be played. I mean, it's rare that we have these disagreements and, and I, I, I think the Red Sox have taken it too far. I think that, yeah, he spiked Pedroia, but Pedroia's back in the lineup now. So right, you threw right. at him, and I, and I think that's what you do. I, I'm fine yeah. on some level with the, you know, 
restrained self-policing, I guess, of, you know, if you you don't throw your 99-mile-an-hour fastball at the guy's head, then it's okay. Like if uh, you know if you yeah. if you keep it yeah. in the if you keep it on the body in the strike zone, and it's you know high eighties, you know the sure. message gets sure. sent. Um, now I, I mean I, I would go along with that. I guess I don't I don't have a, a you know this particular case. Um, I'm not necessarily upset with the the impetus for it because if you you know Machado does have a bit of a reputation of being a little bit of a dirty player and. And, and that, you know, they've got history. And um, I guess to me, it's more the, you know, oh, this guy stood and stared home run too long. He took too long trotting the bases. The Brian McCann mentality that I just get so sick and tired of with baseball. I was just going to say, uh, Brian you know, McCann, the, the official arbiter yeah. of all things unwritten. Yeah, I just, I just get, I mean, and it came up during the World Baseball Classic, uh, you know, Ian Kinsler's comment about, you know, we, we play the game a certain way, like, since when did sports, you know, we've kind of gotten to this point in all the sports, football has it with celebrations, like sports are supposed to be fun. And, and, you know, who cares if you celebrate a home run? Why have we, why have we to take that out of the game? Why are we trying to take celebrating a touchdown out of the game? I mean, you know, well, and that's I, I think the thing we all agree there's, you know, where we've, le- we've legislated now, uh, you know, the one that comes to mind for me that just seems ridiculous is in football, Jimmy Graham had a celebration where he right. would dunk the ball over the upright. It's yeah. not the most clever celebration, but it's athletic and it's interesting. Yeah. And basically, I think he just scored too much, so the NFL said, eh, we're not yeah. going to let you do that anymore. Right, you know? right, right. I mean, you know, the NFL celebration rules are a whole different ball of wax. I think they're ridiculous. I know there's been talk this offseason of, you know, pulling back on some of them, which I would be good. Um, you know, I, I just... I guess I just don't understand, you know, the the culture of sport, and it is a culture that says, you know, celebrating a home run is bad. Why? Um, you know, now I think we all agree that there's, you know, do I get annoyed when I'm watching a football game and I see a guy make a tackle, you know, five yard run, and he gets up and flexes a little bit? Yeah, because I think that's your job. You know, you can do anything special. Well, and it's also um, the context just, of if you're down, like it's because it's funny because as right. uh, I'm almost talking myself out of the point I was going to make, which is I was going to say I don't like when people are over the top, like when Jose Batista th- overhand threw yeah. his bat. I didn't like that, but at the same time, that was a, a huge home run in a playoff yeah. game. Which you know, it's, won it's, the playoff series for them. It's yeah. the same thing as like if a if a college defensive back, like if an ASU corner makes a pick on a goal line play and then proceeds after like a diving catch standing up without the ball and sprinting the length of the field yeah okay yeah. that's fine i get it no agree but, but at the same yeah. time you know to your point if you're down you know four scores and you stuff a yeah. running play when they're just trying to run out the clock anyway just just go, give up just play yeah. but but that to me is just it that's more of a common sense thing like i don't need a rule against it I just, you know, I'm fine publicly shaming them. I know that happened a couple of years ago with Cordero Patterson, you know, returned that kickoff against the Seahawks. They were down like 35 to nothing. He returns a kickoff for a touchdown and celebrates. And, you know, we put him on TV and we ridicule him. Great. That's that's what we should do. Should there be a rule against it? No. If you want to, there shouldn't be a rule against looking stupid. You know, like if you want to look stupid, by all means, look stupid. We'll make fun of you for it. 
Uh, well, I mean, it's but, the same. I mean, the thing that is really fun about this is is when you have it where the celebration goes awry. The the guy right, who right. sacked Aaron Rodgers and blew out his knee, or the Grammatica sure, brother, sure. you know, Bill um, Grammatica, which comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't really get the the culture that baseball has and football has. Basketball, not so much. Um, but, you know, still a little bit in basketball, but certainly more baseball and football that basically says don't have too much fun playing this game and certainly don't show that you're having fun. Because if you do, we're either going to throw a flag on you in the case of football or in baseball, we're going to exact our revenge by throwing at you or throwing at someone else. That never has made sense to me either. Like, you know, first guy hits home run, let's throw at the guy after. Not his fault. I mean, if you're annoyed by the guy who did it, don't throw at someone else. That part I, I agree with, and, and I think that that has slowly worked its way out of the game. Where it kind of has, you know, which is good, you know. The, yeah. the only time where it d- hasn't is when it's a retaliation where you threw at my guy, right? And, right. And, and so obviously we step up who we throw at. You know, if you throw yeah. at my utility infielder who's hitting seventh, sure. then I'm going to throw at your number three hitter who's getting you know twenty million dollars sure. a year. Sure. That that's also the thing where it's like I understand why we do it, but I also think that you can just bust one inside and then everyone yeah. gets it, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, there's no there's no perfect answer to this, you know. I mean, it, you know, there are people who who say you should just do away with this altogether. There are people who say this is great for baseball. You need to let this happen. Just as I'm kind of, I think the answer more in the middle. I think it's case by case. Um, and, and you, you know, this one, I, I feel like, you know, it's played out and let's move on, but, you know, getting, getting a, a, you know, a team of, of two competitive baseball teams who see each other a lot, you know, they play 19 times in the season, um, to, you know, all agree, okay, we've run our course, you know, no more retaliation, no more revenge, easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, I saw that specifically with the Red Sox. Uh, Orioles that there was a call with the league office today and, and yeah. an attempt yeah. to calm that down. But I, I think more generally, if you have a reasonable, quote-unquote, reasonable approach to it, I think it actually in the long run might save the number of fights because everyone, if everyone just sort of gets it and then the, and, and sure. it's on the umpire, uh, you know, unfortunately it's one of the additional thankless jobs of being an umpire is you need to know when to say when and right you know and when it's enough you warn both sides so that it it stops getting out of hand but i think that if you didn't have retaliation then when machado spiked uh pedroia that yeah. then you'll see you know mookie betts and jackie bradley run in from the outfield and start swinging and and it's better to probably just, you know just do just do it let him hit him Warn both sides, and then we're done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I, I and then if I you really want, if you really want to you know, clean I, it up, then before the next game, you issue the warnings bef- before the game at the instructions at the plate right. during the lineup exchange. Right, right. No, I agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily. I, I think you know. Uh, again, like I said, I, I believe it's it's case by case. I don't think there's some sort of blanket rule I can throw in there. And say, well, this should happen all the time. I, I you know, uh, I guess, you know, I, I'm compelled a little bit by what what you've said to, that 
you know, I, I don't necessarily embrace the Mike Wilbon philosophy that this should just be ruled out of the game. A, I think that's impossible to do. Um, and B, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure it's always bad. I just think there's times, you know, like I said, specifically those examples where it comes out of, you know, oh, you looked at a home run too long. That to me, I, I could do without. Now, if you, you know, there's a dirt play, that's a different discussion. Uh, you know, but, you know, you, you know, one, your star player gets hit with a pitch and you went and threw, oh, okay. You know, those, those are different things. The, you know, you took, uh, you know, 14 seconds to round the bases and you should have done it in 12. Uh, I would say could go away and I think the Gibby just fine. Yeah. I mean, for me, the borderline call was, you know, an example of that was, uh, Way back when, when Ben Davis broke up that Diamondbacks no hitter with a right. bunt in right. the eighth, yes, and then the next yes. day they threw at him. Uh, yeah. You know that I to me is borderline. You know, game. it was yes. you know because yes. it is a close game. It was a it, you yes, know, it was. He it became, was three nothing, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it it became important to get base runners, and he got on. But at the same time, you send the he message did. of we don't think you played that right. We don't think right. the way you right. did that was fair. I get that it. one, that one, I will all remember. And my dad and I still argue about that. If uh, you know, if I could bring it up tonight, talking to him, I guarantee you, he argue with me about it still. Uh, so yeah, that that one is forever imprinted in my brain. So, anyway, that we got a little far afield, but uh, we did, we did. <laughs> one other piece of news. Don't know if you saw it. We discussed it last time out. Carlton Bragg apparently is headed to Arizona State. Ooh, I had not seen that, but there we go. I read that on ESPN earlier, yes. So, so yeah, you know, uh, get ready to, you know, hopefully not have to excuse his troubles and stuff like that, but we'll have to. Um, but you know what? If he's good, uh, like we talked about in relation to Tyreek Hill and Joe Mixon and his offenses aren't at that level yet, um, then, you know, all, all is well. Well, I mean, the one thing I, I like about – just from a basketball X's and O's perspective is going into next year, I think we only have one player who will be returning on a scholarship who's under six five. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So you know, yeah, that's I mean, Remy Martin, the point guard. So that, right, you know, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely added a lot of size over the course of the last you know twelve months. Whether it be guys who were here last year that didn't play or transfers or recruits or whatever it may be so you know hopefully the problems that we had last year of you know having so little size and so little depth will both be you know cured by all these additions and uh you know we won't we won't see some of them right away but long term it you know looks healthier yeah absolutely well we will be back probably late next week to uh just catch up on where we are in the nba and in the nhl sounds good Maybe the maybe the Penguins will keep winning, and I'll look really smart for picking like one of the three team names Hopefully, I know yes. off the top of my head. So I it, would be okay with that until ne- oh oh my god, Matt Kev- Kevin yes. Owens lost to Chris Jericho at the pay per view. We almost skipped it. Yes, but he won it back last night. It does, but it doesn't matter because he Jericho got his pay per view win, and that's Jericho did win. However, de- I believe. And I should go back and listen to verify it. Isn't that exactly the scenario I said could play out? It is. Jericho wins and then loses on Tuesday? Yeah, that they would give him this moment at the pay-per-view. Yes. Where I saw he signed a kid's autograph, which was nice of him. Right, right, right. It was was good. It was was perfect. You know, it accomplished the goal of, 
making something that seemed very predictable a little less predictable in the short term. We knew it was going to end that way. It had to. You know, you, again, in this day and age, we know what happens with these guys in real life, and we knew he was going to be off for a, long, well, a little bit yeah. touring with his band. So Look, you he, can't he take the belt, the belt out with Fozzie. He just can't do right, it. Right, right. Although, I mean, you know, we do have a you know one champion that hasn't been on for a month and isn't going to be on for at least another month. Apparently that's okay. Um, but not going to do that with the U.S. title, I guess. So that's good. Got some titles that actually show up on the weekly shows. Uh, so, you know. It was it was good. It threw a little swerve. Didn't expect it. Um, and then they, you know, they did the more predictable angle on Tuesday of not only losing but getting beat down afterward and looking, you know, so you could sell the long term injury angle. And then you got a ready made storyline for, you know, later this year when he comes back and attacks Kevin Owens and sets up an, another round of their feud. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the predictable uh, storyline that is professional wrestling. Indeed, indeed. But we must say, and I don't know how many people out there listening are wrestling fans, but it must be <laughs> Jericho's a marvel. 46 years old to still be performing the way he performs uh, is is pretty remarkable. And, uh, you know, people look at pro wrestling, they chuckle and they, they snicker, and I get it. But, you know, it does take athleticism and talent to do this. And, they, you know, you got to give the guy credit for being at the top of the game for 20 years now and still being able to get it done. Well, first, in the immortal words of Harry Doyle, it's okay, no one's listening. Uh, well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and the the second point is, it, look, the athleticism is amazing. The fact that he is in the kind of shape he's in, the, the kind of shape that I, I can never get to and will never get to. No, no, you know? no. I mean, yeah, yeah. To, to do it at that age and, and to, you know, to wrestle full time, basically. Like, he's not... You know, we see a lot of these guys nowadays that they come back and, you know, they wrestle one match a month. They wrestle on the pay-per-view and that's it. I mean, like, he came back in and, and he's wrestling at house shows. He's wrestling on TV. He's, you know, he's he's in long tag matches and sales matches. And, I mean, it, it's pretty impressive that he's been able to still, you know, physically keep up at this age when, you know, a lot of these guys are not doing that anymore. Yeah, it's it's quite something. And such a good character, too. I mean, like, you know, he's still, he still fans riled up both ways. Love him. They hate him. They love to hate him. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a unheralded star of, of pro wrestling. People think, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock, and deservedly so. Jericho is, is you know, a legend. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. So. Yes, I am, too. And hey. anybody who's not, you know what happens if they're not? What happens, They make Matt? the list. <laughs> they make the list. They all just made the list. Give me their names. <laughs> all right. And well, if you don't know what that means, too bad. Then you're probably Look also on the list. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's that. If you don't know what list is, you know what happened. You just made the list. All right. Well, for all of you who <laughs> made it to this point, you are not on the list. We'll be back late next week. He's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>